So backstory real quick while we're here, while we're doing what we're doing today. Uh, I've been coaching financial advisors for 28 years. This is all I do. Uh, in that time, I've dealt with over 2,500 practices. And uh, it's always interesting, you know, this business, this industry is beautiful. You make a lot of money. You have a lot of time freedom. There's a lot of things you can do. But it is a business. And I hate the word practice because practice means that we're still trying to figure stuff out. And we want to run a business. So today's going to be about running a business and a different uh, domain. So let's kind of jump into it right now. So first thing is let's talk about what it is we're talking about today. So what is optimization? So what I define is getting the highest and best outcome and return on investment, highest and best use of time, focus, energy, and effort. So when I look at a practice, I look at everything. I look at the, the owner, the leader, the team, the clients, the processes, the systems, the marketing, the branding, the business development. And a lot of times, you don't need more clients. You need more profits. Because some advisors run nonprofits. They take on clients they shouldn't take on. They take them on, you know, not in a good economic situation. And you cannot scale that. You will go broke. The old saying, if it costs you a dollar to, sell, to build and make a hamburger, and you sell it for 90 cents, there's only so many hamburgers you can make. Okay? So this is not about working harder. This is about working smarter. This is about understanding profits inside of what we're going to do. So, like I said, 30 years almost, 2,500 practices. And this is not like a challenge or anything like that. I deal with some of the most well-run businesses out there. There's always another area. There's always more, okay? So that's what this is really about. Now, let's take a look at what the challenges are. So this is my reality. This is, all, this is everybody's reality in this room, okay? Number one is that all of you as you sit here today have untapped opportunities. I want you to think about it. If I said to you right now, without adding another client to your business, could you grow the revenue of your business? The answer is yes. Right? Okay. I mean, from either optimization or, rate or getting your fees right, a lot of you woefully undercharge. We're not going to really talk about fees. That's a whole different topic. But I find most advisors undercharge for what they provide. Why? The man or woman in the mirror. Because you don't know if you're worth it. And that's what it boils down to. Number two, when you got into this business and got your life insurance, your Series 7, 65, 63, you went to work for your first place, wherever that was, did you get the training on how to be profitable? Did you get the profitability training? No. What did you learn? More is always better. More clients, more assets, more, more, more. Because the firm didn't care. They don't care. They were worried about their profits. They weren't worried about your profits. So today is about hopefully opening up your mind and opening up some doors for you where you'll start thinking about your business in different terms and understand that it's really about profit. Without profit, you can't scale the business. And that's why sometimes advisors get in this. If you look at their career, you'll see growth and you'll see this flat line where they can't bust out. Well, why is that? A lot of times they just don't have the resources to do it because they're almost running a nonprofit and you can't scale that. Okay? Next, cost. Everyone in this room needs to determine what does it cost you to have a client. And I'll give you a quick swag. It's a swag. There's a much more in-depth way to do it. If you would just take all your overhead, including your salary, what you pay yourself, divided by number of households, that's a rough number. If you want to be a little bit more sophisticated, tranche it. A's, B's, double A's, single A's, whatever. 
But there's a cost, there's overhead, there's staff, there's risk. How do you price risk in to a relationship? They could sue your butt for no reason, right? So you've got to know at least a concept of what your numbers are. I would say in my experiences, it costs an advisor no less than $2,500 a year to serve. And I mean, I'm talking no less than, that's bare bones. Some of you is probably five or $10,000 a year, okay? If you have a client that you're earning less than $2,500 a year on, you got a problem. Now, it does not mean you should not help people. If you want to have some nonprofit slots, I'm cool with that. Just don't make it the entire business. Okay, just don't. So you have to know your number. So what I would challenge you to do when you leave this room today, uh, not tonight, obviously, but when you go back to your offices, make an appointment with yourself and look at your numbers. Look at what, what, you, what swag it. It's better than what you have now, which is nothing. Swag what you think it really costs you to have a household. Okay? Next. The more is better concept. Profits what matter. Now, am I saying you should get rid of your clients that are non-profitable? No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you have to determine, can I raise the profitability, which is optimization, which is what we're going to talk about today, right? Or is there another path that perhaps we can serve them in a different capacity? Okay? We need to have that. Oh, by the way, you can ask questions as we go. You know, we got 50 minutes here, so I can be a little leisurely if there's some questions you want to ask, right, from that perspective. Here's the breakdown. Everybody wants a system. Well, Joe, give me the optimization system. What's the profitability system? I give you the car that's the system, but you suck as a driver. How well are we going to do? Not too well. So it's really, it's really about getting the driver right first and having that mindset. Like if you think about when you do your meetings, whether you're a solopreneur, you have a partner, or you have a team, how, much, how often do you talk about profitability in an organization? Like do we even know what clients are not profitable? It's got to become part of the conversation with your businesses. You've got to talk profits, okay? Because if you don't know what they are, how do you know the scale? How do you know what's next, okay? Do all of you here are either owners or partners in a firm, right? Just um, got to make sure I got the right room. Yeah, so you all run your own, your own shops, okay? Good. Get this in your mind. Understand profits, okay? Now, there are four domains we're going to talk about today. Like, like crap, where'd my domains go? All right, four domains. Number one is we start with the operator, the owner, the leader, which is you. We need to optimize you. Because if we optimize you, you're going to be a better leader, better business owner, uh, better advisor. You're just going to be all around better. So I'm going to give you very specific strategies how to do that. Next domain, your team. I don't care if you have a, a partial share and a virtual assistant or you have a team of 20. That chair has to be optimized. You've got to get the most return out of that investment. And by the way, for most of you, what is your biggest cost in your business? Human capital, your team, right? It's your biggest investment next to what you take out of the business, right? And yet so many advisors are frustrated with their people. They tolerate. They don't reinvest in. And you know what I hear often? Well, Joe, I pay them a lot of money. They should know how to. Like they're a mind reader. No, you need to become a better leader. And we'll talk about that briefly. Third domain, clients. This is what I want to talk about, how to raise profitably from our clients. We'll spend some time on that. And then last one, this is where a lot of you get sucked into a very dangerous hole, branding, marketing, business development, BNB. Some of you in this room, I don't know, I don't know you, but I know there's enough of you to the, the stats, right? Some of you are spending 
tens of maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in branding, marketing, social media, seminars, all these things. But have you really looked to see what it's really yielding you? Have you really looked and say with the RI, hey man, I spent a lot of money on Facebook ads. What's the return on investment on that? What are the KPIs? Well, I do seminars. Great. What's the, what do the numbers look like? Like you got to know this stuff. If you're going to be investing in marketing and branding and biz dev, man, you got to know what you're getting back. You got to know where your clients come from. Like where they actually come from, not where you think they come from. Okay. So once, and we're going to break in, we're going to get into each one of these boxes. And again, my goal today is to give you tangible deliverables today. So first off, let's talk about you, which is what nobody wants to talk about this afternoon. Because we all want to talk about the other things, right? Not us. But let's talk about this. So how do we make you a better version of you? This is where a lot of my work is. So first thing, you need a morning success ritual. You got If you're going to lead your people and lead your clients and lead your staff, you cannot start your day off with the news, email, get yourself in a pissy mood, and then think you're going to be great. Some of you in the morning heard that already. Can't do it. You're in a position of leadership, and that's an identity that a lot of advisors don't take in, but you are. You're looked at by your team. You're looked at by your clients to provide answers and guidance and leadership and support. You have to start your day off in the right way. Now, I have a 45-minute masterclass we're going to gift you on how to build one out. So when you, if you want the slides and everything we're going to give you, you're going to get all that stuff too, FYI, okay? Next, GDP, daily game plan. This is not the to-do list. You all have that. And you suck at it too because it's never finished, right? <laughs> right? That's the way it works. So do you know what you need to drive? More importantly, if you have junior advisors and staff, do they know what they need to drive? In the old, some of us around long, some of us have gray hair. We knew when we left the, at 4 o'clock Eastern, we knew what kind of day we had. It was called dropping tickets. It was, we had immediate feedback on how successful we were that day. That's no longer true. So you have to determine, and if you're leading, if you advise us on your staff and, and support staff, do they know how, if they had a win today? When they walk out the door, do they know how to score themselves on what needs to get done? If not, you need to come up with that. If they're junior advisors or second chairs, whatever you want to call them, contacts, deliverables, like you've got to nail that for them and then hold them accountable and lead them to that. Third, mindset. Your business is a reflection of your psychology. How you lead is a reflection of your psychology. How you provide advice and guidance is a reflection of your psychology. So a lot of, and this is what nobody wants to hear, but I didn't say I was going to like have, I said we we're going to have fun today, but I didn't tell you I wasn't going to lie to you either. If you want to change your business, you're going to have to change yourself first. And nobody wants to hear that. Because you got to look in the mirror and be honest with yourself, right? This is a personal brand business. And I don't care, I've got clients that run you know, billions of dollars, have 20, 25, 30 advisors on their staff. It still comes down to the man or woman in the captain's chair, period. Okay, how big, how small, it doesn't matter, okay? So what I'm saying here, you have to become the best version of you. That's how you optimize yourself. You're better in all domains, okay? Next, vision. Now, what do we mean by vision? Do you all have a 10-year strategic plan on your, in your business? I'm asking you to raise your hands, but I want you to think about this. So what we do, 10 years, three-year, one-year. 10-year vision, three-year operating, operating game plan, 
one year, very detailed, right? If you have staff, let's just say right now you go back home and you're gonna have your first team meeting. And let's say your staff came to you and they said, hey, what's our 10-year vision? Could you articulate that to them? Do they know why they're there? Do they understand your purpose of what you're doing? See, that's the challenge. And believe me, your team wants to know the big picture. They need certainty. All human beings crave certainty. It's your job as an advisor, a leader, and a business owner to provide that certainty. Okay? So vision. Next. Energy. Leadership and running and leading a business requires three types of energy. Mental, physical, and emotional energy. Mental energy. Problem solving. Right? Figuring out, solving problems, figuring out stuff for people, for clients. Physical energy. Not taking a nap at 2 p.m. after lunch. Bringing your A game. Right? Emotional energy. What's the emotional energy game? Connecting with people. We're in the people business. So emotional energy... Now, I'm bringing all three into our conversation this afternoon. My physical energy, my mental energy, and my emotional energy. You have to master those three domains, and then there's nothing you cannot do. Okay, so all three domains. Next, rituals. This industry is ritual-based, and they come in two flavors. Things that support your success, and things that sabotage your success. What's one that supports your success? Getting up early, doing a morning ritual, exercising, maybe doing some meditation, getting your game ready to go. What's a ritual that doesn't help? Getting up, reaching for your phone, email, news, social media. Hurts the cause. And how many of you, no raise your hand, but think about this. Do you even know how your team members start their day? Like we did a leadership, I did a two-day two leadership program earlier this year in May. And I, and I asked the clients that were in the room, I said, do you know if your team has their own morning success ritual? They're all blank stares. I said, what do you think would happen to your team's productivity? Have you taught your team members how to start their day and made it part of the culture of our organization? Would we get more done? Would we be more resilient? Would things happen? Yes. Okay? So rituals, what you eat for lunch is a ritual. You can either eat things that help the cause, right? Healthy food, salads, right? Low carb, no sugar, stuff like that. Or you can go to a, a place and order a number 10 supersized. And that will hurt the cause, okay? So everything is very binary. It's either going to help or it hurts. What you have to do is be cognizant and aware how you roll. How you roll. Some advisors have the TV on in their office in the background. That's CNBC on or Fox or MSM. doesn't matter. And then right here, well, I don't really listen to it. It's just there for background. No, your brain's taking all that in subconsciously. You're just not aware of it. All right? That's a ritual. How you prep for reviews, that's a ritual. How you serve your clients, that's a ritual. Okay? Everything there. Next. Leadership is a very interesting domain. Hi, Coach Joe Lucas here, and I'm just breaking here for a moment just to do a couple quick reminders. Number one, uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel or our podcast. In addition, please leave a, a comment or a review. Those things really, really matter. And uh, share this episode with three of your colleagues inside the financial services space. And lastly, make sure that you go ahead and claim your free membership inside of Magellan Network. 
Now back to this week's episode. And while it's not the primary conversation today, I will give you some elements of it because I think you, I, want, I want you to take home with it. So the domains of leadership are this. Lead thyself first. Lead your team. Lead your clients. Lead everybody else. Now, if I took a poll, and I'm not going to, but I want to ask the question, I want you to think about it. When you describe yourself to either yourself or to whoever, do you put the word leader in that description? If you don't, you need to. Because you are de facto. Your clients are your clients because they want to be led. Not in a dictatorial way, but in a collaborative partnership. So when I teach my clients, we talk about how do we frame the relationship with the client? Do we say we're holistic, proactive? Those are words are often, they're overused, they don't mean anything. We talk about entering into a collaborative partnership with our clients. Clients really like that. It means they have a stake, they have a voice, and it's a win-win, okay? So leadership, all four domains, identity first. So what I need you to do when you walk out this door is start describing yourself as leader to you. You don't need to tell anybody else. You need to get in your mind first, and then you'll start acting upon it, okay? Next, strategic planning. You as a business owner have an absolute moral ethical duty to have a business plan. Ideally, it's 10 years. But I'll ask the question. Let's just say you had your ideal prospect, whoever they are, and they were sitting with you, and they were thinking about hiring you as their advisor. But there's two caveats. I'm happy to give you my $25 million. I just need to see two things, and I'll sign. Number one, I want to see, I don't, I don't need to read it. I just need your producer for me. Your, ten, your business plan. I want to know what your, what your vision is for your business. Oh, and the second thing I want to see, I want to see that you have a, you're asking me to do a financial plan. I'd like to see that you have your own personal financial plan. I, I'm not going to embarrass anybody in this room because part of me, is, it's not a good idea. A lot of advisors could not produce a business plan and a lot of advisors could not produce their own financial plan. But yet, what do we ask our clients to do? Tell me your goals. Tell me what you want to do in retirement. Tell me what you want to do with your money, right? So in other words, we'll be demanding of our prospects or clients, but we don't keep our own standard. That's being very incongruency. What? Cobbler's kids? The cobbler's kids down the Yeah, exactly. So my personal clients, there's, that's my standard. You have your own financial plan. You have your business plan. I help them create it. Okay? That's a non-negotiable. You need to come from a position of power. And there's ways to get power. You can BS it. Takes a lot of energy, and eventually you get found out, or you become authentic, and you walk the talk that you're asking your clients to walk. Okay. So for some of you, you have a project now. Get your financial plan in order. Get your business plan figured out. Pour it. Next. This is going to sound really bizarre, but hear me out on this. None of you spend enough time thinking about your business. No, you spend your time on the to-do list, getting through the email box. When's the last time you took a day and went somewhere just to think about your business? Just to, just to think. I'm not, not, not come up with anything, but just think. So I'm going to give you a strategy that you can start tomorrow morning. Every morning I do a 45-minute, doesn't need to be 20 minutes, that's fine too. I call it a walk and talk. It's I go outside, I just walk, I put headphones on so the neighbors don't bother me because I don't want to talk to them. That's right. And I'm just, and I say this, and it's, it's one of the times I think it's really good. I'm in my own head. How's, and I'll tell you what I ask myself. How's Joe feeling today? How's business? What's he excited about? 
What's, what's he frustrated with? What's my next move? What's my next five moves? You know, and then whatever the goal is. If my goal is to double my business in the next three years, okay, how are we going to double the business in the next three years? And sometimes I don't get an answer. But if you do it every day, you will get answers. There'll be, a, there'll be a moment in time you'll be walking and you'll have this breakthrough thought that will change everything. The problem is you're not putting yourself in a position to do so because you're so busy on the to-do list. So deliverable, next deliverable, ideally 20 to 30. It could be on a bike, but I like the idea of walking and just be, you know, I like being out in nature, you know, maybe not downtown. But be, have time with yourself to just think about your business. Ideally every day a little bit, but then on a regular basis, and I'll, de- I'll let you determine what regular means to you, maybe every 30 days or so, take what we call a strategic day, go somewhere other than your office. Your breakthrough thinking will never happen at your desk. Never. You know what happens a lot of times, believe it or not, on vacation. You're somewhere, right? You're somewhere, and your brain's like relaxing, you're stretching out, you know, and then you start getting super creative, right? Do more of it. Here's a little secret, which is going to sound very bizarre. It's counterintuitive. The more time you spend thinking on your business and working on the business, the faster your business grows, which is totally different than what most people think. Most people think, I got to work harder. I got to put more time in. No, you have to think differently and put yourself in a position to do so, okay? So strategic thinking. And then you are the leader and the economic engine and the visionary and everything else. So you all need to have what we call a personal, a personal and professional development game uh, budget. So here's what I recommend. Take 10% of your either income or top line, decide whatever you want, how you want to play it, or come up with a number. That is your budget to come to like things like this, to go hire a coach, personal trainer, nutritionist, therapist, some of you may need like a, um, what, are, what are they called, a, uh, like a designer to help you with their clothing and stuff like that. Like, I'm not looking at you, ma'am, I swear to God I'm not. Okay, <laughs> that's why I'm not. See, see, you felt guilty, oh, man, like, oh, you must be talking about me. Yeah, yeah. Trainer Good. Okay, good. So congratulations. Yo, excellent, excellent. That's good, right? Remember, we are the core product. I don't care if you have 20 advisors. Like I did a talk, I did a talk this morning, some of you are there. They hire you, and then they hire the team. They hire you, then they'll take on the business. So you've got to be the best version of you. So it's, instead of R&D, we're not manufacturers here, so we're not going to do R&D. We're going to do P&D, personal development. So take 5 to 10%, put it in the slot, and then make sure you invest it every year. Here's the cool thing about doing it that way. As your business grows, your budget grows. You can hire the best coaches. You can go to the best conferences. You can hire the best personal trainers, masseuses, golf coach instructors, whatever you need to make you better at what you do. It's a really, I've been doing it for decades. It starts small and becomes big, and I'll tell you, it's, it opens up a lot of doors. And by the way, I think it's on the next slide, but I'll tell you now. You want all your people to have their version of it, too, when you invest in them. So take 5 to 10% of their, of their salary comp, put it into a budget for them upon your approval, let them go get training, let them go, uh, go to classes, let them attend conferences, Make them the best version of you, because here's the reality. And, and, w- and the biggest thing that's holding my clients right ba- now right back from everything, talent. We cannot find people. Can't find junior advisors, can't find staff, can't find, can't find, right? So if you have somebody, number one, this. There's always, and it scares my clients, and I, but I tell them this, 
right now, every member of your staff person, every member of your staff is being recruited by somebody. And guess what? They're probably willing to pay more than you're paying right now in a lot of cases. So how do you retain key clients? Culture. What's part of that culture? Investing back in them. And yes, you run a risk that they could still leave, but then you'll attract a better person because you'll see the culture. You cannot get into a bidding war. A quick story. One of my clients were looking for a junior advisor. We had somebody. They were great. CFP, five years out, right? Just not in a good situation. We, we offer was 80,000 plus plus. We would have comped them out at 120, year one. Fidelity came in, New York City, 155 starting salary. What are you going to do? All right? So make sure you're investing in yourself, investing in your people. Now, let's talk about people. Talk about your team. Well, how do we optimize them? Step one, are they in the right chair? Here's what happens. And I say this respectfully. You all suck at being your own HR managers. Don't do it. Hire a firm, hire a consultant. Don't do the one, don't be the one, because you know what, you all like everybody. Oh, I just like this person. The person that, if they're doing like administrative, the person that interviews the best tends to be the worst at the chair. Why? It's a different skill set. Okay? You need highly detailed people in highly detailed seats. You need people people in people seats. Keep it simple, right? But it's not enough to look at a resume and do an interview like you have to, I don't care if you're hiring a, a HR firm to consult or a recruiter or headhunter, demand that they do some level of assessments. I don't care if it's a DISC or it's a Kobe, you gotta know what's in the chair. You gotta know what's, spend the, invest a couple hundred bucks. You're making a mid-level staff, you're making between time, energy, effort, you're making a quarter million dollar decision. Invest a couple hundred bucks, see what's under the hood, okay? Really important. And if you've got people struggling, right now in the chair they're in, determine if you can modify the chair or can you swap the chair out with somebody else. Because all they're gonna do is get frustrated, they're gonna check out mentally, you're gonna be frustrated because you're compensating them, you're not getting return on that compensation, and it's just dysfunctional, okay? Next, like I just said, personal development, game plan, and budget. So take a, a chunk of their comp, 5%, whatever, put in the budget, upon your approval, make them a better version of themselves. Okay, they'll be more valuable to your organization. Next, this is you. So this is a two-day program, so I'm not gonna get into the nuts of it, obviously. Do not be a manager. If you have to manage your people, guess what? Got the wrong people. Lead them. How do you lead them? You do coach, you coach them. So what I have my clients do every month, every month, every direct report, they have a one out of the office. Cup of coffee, 45 minutes, and they just talk to their direct report, what's going on? It's not about the checklist. It's not about what's late. How are you doing? What do you see from your position? What can we do better as an organization? How can I be a better leader to you? That's what that conversation's like. Once a month, 30 to 45 minutes out of the office, you need to allow your people to give you feedback and you need to be asking them different questions. And again, I'll give you one employee, one team member, you do it, okay? For some organizations, it's transformative because you're gonna have a different type of relationship with your team, a depth that you, would, that you would not get any other way. And you'll get massive amounts of loyalty. 
because they really truly believe authentically that you care about them. Okay? So that's the difference there. Next. So here's the thing. Like I said earlier, KPIs and accountability. Does, your, does every member of your team know at the end of the day whether or not they had a successful day? So for example, if you're a junior advisor, what are the three metrics for a junior advisor? How many contacts? How many meetings set? How many referral conversations? That's the way I track it. What are your KPIs as a leader? Because remember, what domains do you operate in? You're the advisor, you're the business owner, and you're the entrepreneur. All three. Yeah? How do you measure them? Some are measured, right? Assets, household, that's easy. But how do you know if you had a successful day or not? What do you track in your business? How many of you who do outside marketing? Just raise your hand. Or you invest in marketing? You know, social media, seminars, whatever. Yeah, okay, good. So social media, everything goes up. Okay. How do you track it? Or are you doing FOMO? If you're missing out. Well, the guy down the street's doing this. I got to do it. I was on Google the other day, and the, the shop down the street, man, they're running ads. We got to run ads. Right? Like, no. Track it. Look at the math. Doesn't make sense. Make business decisions. I'll tell you, sidebar conversation. I will, I will sometimes do sidebar conversations because my mind goes somewhere. You all need to really look at your marketing budget and your return on investment because I will, I will make an educated assumption here. If you were to take that capital and put it back into a referral program for your clients, I think you get a much better return on investment. This game is not about being popular, it's about being paid, yes. How do you track the value of just building a brand? Great question. Are you gonna sell it? Eventually, yeah. 20 years from now? Sure. This really doesn't matter right now, I'm serious. Like, like, it's like, so here's the example I'll give you. I've got a guy down in Jupiter, Florida, spent a lot of money in social media, branding, marketing, billboards, radio show, whole nine yards. He's executive director of Chamber of Commerce, like high profile guy, okay? Everybody says, I love your ad. Oh, I sold a billboard on Route 1. Man, that's great. Are they clients? No. Popular, not paid. Okay? So, yes, I think there's elements of doing that. But at the end of the day, if everybody knows who you are, but nobody does business with you, you have a brand, but not really a profitable business. Right? You need both. Ideally, the public going want both. Right? Ideally. So, so there's some intrinsic value in that. The problem with it is that we're not General Motors or IBM or Google or, or you know, where we can say, hey, we can put a couple million dollars just for name recognition. Like, we got to do P&L. We got to get money back on what we're doing here. So, so, again, sidebar. Here's a quick question, no answers. Look at where your last 20 clients came from and invest your capital there. Where your last 20 clients came from, invest your capital there. Okay? Still do some branding, that's cool, right? But make sure we're optimizing that other side. Really important. So KPIs and accountability, key performance indicators, you need to know. And I'll give you like, so when we do business planning, which we're getting ready to do next month uh, for my clients, we, here, what do you want to track? Some key ballpark things. Not net new money. Doesn't tell you anything. How much money did you attract this year? I know it, it like doesn't matter because it's, like, it's like you're filling a hole. But how much money did you attract this year? How many names did you source via referral this year? How many of those became clients, right? How many COI contacts? How many new clients? Like, you got to know the basic numbers, right? And if you're doing social media, how many new LinkedIn people did you get, Facebook followers, how many likes, whatever? Like, you got to know what's happening in your business, okay? You know what's fascinating? What's fascinating when I have people go back and look at the 20? 
I'm going to tell you what it looks like for most of you. It's going to be 80% client referrals, maybe, and some COI. Some of you may be doing seminars, so you'll skew your own numbers a little bit. Vast majority of advisors, it's referral. It's, re it's referral-based. But here's, here's the crazy thing. If we all were to sit here and say one sentence, which was, getting a referral from a happy client is the best way to get a client. How much time, energy, and effort do you put to making sure that happens across the board? Yeah. He actually took our marketing budget after the uh, pandemic. Yeah. Filed it all into client appreciation events. And? And have skyrocketed our referrals. Yeah. And you don't have like the seminar clients coming in like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's optimization right there. You took the same budget, redirected it, and got a much better yield for it. That's the definition. By the way, I, I paid him 100 bucks to be in the room today. So just FYI. So make sure come see me at the end right, about, about all that, right? Okay. All right. Like I said, I try to keep it somewhat light on this topic. All right, next. Core values. So if you're interviewing for somebody to come on, join your team in a very competitive environment, and the candidate you want this person, they'd be a rock star, and they say, tell me about your team core values. Do you have them? Right? Do you have them? And then the last thing here, which again is more about leadership, is what's your culture? So if I were to sit down and interview as the founder leader of your organization, I would say, tell me, describe your culture to me. Could you describe it? 